Hello and thank you for listening to episode 209 of 60 Minutes With. I'm Dave and this is another of our Soundcheck interview shows. And these are the shows, of course, where I get to chat with an eclectic mix of people from within the music industries, uh, be it people that are new to me or people, as is the case in this show, where I've been a fan for over 45 years now. Uh, obviously so excited to get the chance to spend some time chatting with the great Susie Quattro. Uh, you'll hear a little bit of my history with her when I have a chat with her. Uh, this show is, of course, to help promote the, the album that's been out for a while now, uh, No Control. Uh, she's been touring. There's the new documentary that's out. She's in pre-production on the new film about her life. She is always so busy, so busy. And if you didn't know by now, these obviously these are the shows. I just talk to people whose work I really love. And like I said at the beginning, be it new bands, new artists, or ones that have been uh, a part of my life for a long time now. So I'm always very excited. I know sometimes you might think, oh, why are you saying the album's so good and you really love the work? It's because I only talk to people whose work I think is really good and who I get excited to talk about. So it's great. It's so much fun for me. Uh, hopefully this one's going to be so much fun for you too. I'm sure it will be. Susie was a great guest. Uh, the chance to spend about 20-odd minutes with her was absolutely amazing. As you'll hear in my voice, as you can probably hear in the excitement in my voice now. So let's let's get on with this show because I know you want to hear her talk and you want to hear some of her music too. So the new album that's well I say new it's been out, it was out earlier in this year. No control. It really is a very very good album indeed. And the first song that I'm going to play for you is No Soul, No Control. If you think I'm wrong, if you think I'm right, gotta play it strong, gotta put up a fight. Keep it close at hand.
Uh, to begin, Susie, thank you so much for giving us some time because I know you've got so much going on at the moment, haven't you? Oh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I've never been so busy since the 70s. Never. Wow. That's good to hear, though. That's really good to hear. Oh, it's just, you know, you must know that this year has been crazy with the new album coming out. So I've been to Australia twice. I've done an headlining arena tour in the UK. This is just since January. Um, I've done something like 45 shows in Europe. I'm now about to do another 10. I've promoted No Control. And then in any space I had, I was promoting Suzy Q, the documentary. Oh, my word. Do you get any time to uh, sit back and relax at all? Very little. <laughs> <laughs> and then I just sit, I sit with a glass of wine and a movie and I don't move. I don't blame you at all. Uh, well, like you just said, you've had so much going on, and I want to get it, get into all of that in the time that we've got. Uh, but before we do, speaking as somebody who did buy the likes of, of Can the Can and Devil Gate Drive back in the early 70s, I remember those days well, uh, it would be remiss of me not just to put one question to you, because back then, for me, one of the weekly television highlights was Top of the Pops. I just want to ask you, what's, what are your memories of that programme, which was so big over here in the UK? Um, yeah, it was, and don't forget, I'm not English, so... Oh, of course, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I learned about it when I came here. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it was great to be on top of the charts because that meant if you weren't high in the charts, you could be on your way to being high in the charts, mm -hmm. even if you were like the, I think they had a, a, a pick of the week sometimes, you know? Um, it was just great, you know, you had all the bands there and everybody would have a drink afterwards, and it was a way of mixing with people having hits in the same era yeah yeah so different to today i take it oh god yeah today is i think the soul's gone out yeah i think th yeah i think people now get in the business to be famous and i think that's the wrong idea mm -hmm, definitely yeah i mean because you came across from america and you know the uk embraced you and australia especially you know you said you've been there twice this year australia really took you to the heart as well they did it's always been one of my big areas australia um I sold more at first when I went there. I sold more than the Beatles. Wow, that's great! I've I've just finished my. I hope you're sitting down. My <laughs> my thirty seventh tour of Australia. Wow, that's incredible. That really is incredible, and it must be so satisfying every time you go out there to see all the faces in the crowd and you know to have that. That welcome. I've talked to you know, musicians before, and again, I just I I cannot even begin to imagine what it must be like to be stood on stage and stage and have that energy just flowing towards you. Well, it's been fifty five years, and um, I can honestly say I don't think I've ever once gone on stage without that pure joy. And if I ever do go on stage without that pure joy, mm. I will stop. Yeah, that's one thing that's always struck me about you, Susie, is is your the positivity, and you always seem so up for everything that you're doing and just embrace what you do as well. I embrace my age. I embrace my career. I embrace my audience. Um, I announce how old I am on stage. I'm very proud of it. Everybody says, what's your secret? The secret is don't care. <laughs> yeah, what, you, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? You're going to get younger. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so embrace it and roll with it. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's it. I'm doing just the same now. As, as, as the years go by, I'm doing just the same. 
Uh, you mentioned Susie Q, the documentary. Now, I've seen the trailer for it, and obviously I'm really looking forward to watching it. And it, it's had some viewings, hasn't it, in uh, Australia, New Zealand, that it's been shown and you've been there. What have those, what have those screenings been, been like? Two. I did seven premieres in the UK, and then it went to about 52 cinemas around the country. Mm. And it's also been shown on Sky Arts twice here. Um it's well, it's about my life. You have to see it. It's it's a, a no bullshit documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's warts and all. My only thing that I said to the director, and it took us four years to make it because I wanted it to be real. I said to him, if it's true, it's in. Yeah. True. Honesty. Even if it's a cringe making moment, <laughs> if it's true, it's in. And this is what the rave reviews have been all about from everything from the Financial Times, all the way to paper, papers like the Star. But, you know, not Financial Times reviewing a rock and roll documentary. Mm-hmm. What? Excuse me? <laughs> in what world? So this has gone all around the world like this. The, it, the reviews have been fantastic, and it's now led to me uh, making a movie of my life. Wow, that is so good. Um, when's the, the when's it planned for this movie to come out? Because I know that it's quite protracted, isn't it, when you're starting putting films together? Well, we just started to, we had our first brainstorming session today with the script writer. Obviously, I'm very much involved because it's my life and we got to the end of Act One. So he has to now write it. Then we meet again and we write Act Two and then we go get it made. <laughs> How do you decide what to put in and, and what to leave out? I mean, because you could you could have like a full Netflix TV series because, you know, you've lived such a full, full life and continue to be so yeah. active. You could, you could do that. Um, I've, I myself have gone through the book, my autobiography unzipped, mm-hmm. and I have put down pivotal points, things that changed my mind, yeah. changed my life, changed my viewpoint. This is what I put down. I put down what I thought was emotional. I put down what I thought was joyous. I put down the things, things that I wrote that are good dialogue. So I'm very cinematic anyway. Yeah. And I'm an actress myself. So I have, uh, I have a good instinct for what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. So with this movie as well, is it going to be uh, the warts and all, everything as well that, that's in this? Is it going to be, because of course the dirt with the Motley Crue was so popular. Um, and there is that sort of salacious side, especially with social media these days. People want to hear some of the dirt and so on. Uh, what sort of attack is the film going to take? Honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are certain things that have to be in there that are particularly comfortable. But I, I kind of treat it this way. If I wrote it in my autobiography, then it's okay to put it in the film. Yeah. Because it's already out there. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And why Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. It, won't, it won't all be joys and roses, you know. <laughs> no, no life is. Yeah, that's true. That's for sure. Uh, with you, you mentioned as well your autobiography unzipped, and you also had your book of poetry out uh, through my eyes. Have you got any more plans for anything similar to that? Well, I'm, I write all the time. I'm one of those kind of people that needs to create all the time. Um, I just finished uh, yesterday. It's not mixed or anything yet, but I'm doing an album with KT Tunstall. So we've been writing. Yeah. We wrote 10 songs together. It's just brilliant what we've done. We found a meeting point with the two sides, you know, so that's great. I'm back in the studio with my son again soon to keep recording and writing together. I probably will put another book of poetry together. What I'd like to do next is a lyric book. Oh, okay. That's That's what I'd like to do. That sounds interesting. Oh, 
<laughs> you've got again you've got so many things on the go it's uh, just how you find time for start, it. I, i'm an artiste you know and i always have to be i just hope i never reach my goal <laughs> <laughs> i think it's time that they dig the grave then you know i mean i just, I just have to keep going that that is just me yeah and again it, like i said earlier it comes across whenever you're on stage it comes across whenever you're on the television uh, you know the energy and your your infectious enthusiasm for everything. It really does come across, which which is good. Has that ever waned at any point? Is there any point in your life where that energy and the drive for what you love doing is it, that's ever sort of dropped a little bit? No, I can't. I don't think so. I don't. You know, the only lost year I had was uh, the the year I got divorced. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, anybody gets lost. I was I was single for a year. There was nobody else on the horizon, um, and my mother died same same time. Yeah. And then ten days later, my mother in law died. That was a very dark, lost year. All of a sudden, I wasn't somebody's wife. My mom was gone. You know, it was like a real strange year. But I pulled myself out of that. That was probably the darkest part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's always good just to reflect on that, and then I think you appreciate the stuff that's happening now even more too. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about No Control. I love the album. I really do. Uh, I was, and this one in particular, I've got to say, I can't get past track number four, Love Isn't Fair, without wanting to pour a cocktail because that sort of Calypso beat to it. It is. It is. <laughs> and what, what the funniest thing about that song is, is you're, you're cocktailing along quite happy and <laughs> swinging your head and singing along. And then you go, wait a minute, what did she say? <laughs> one heart's dying so one can live did she say that in the middle of this happy <laughs> yes i did you did pay attention <laughs> and then you have to play it from the beginning again and pour another cocktail of course <laughs> of course and by the end of the third time reading it you don't care because the cocktails have taken effect so <laughs> that's it the cocktail album <laughs> uh, if I had to do a one-word review of the No Control album, I would I would put swagger. I I think it's just full of of swagger. Uh, it is. I I would put attitude. That's but a good it, one. It's a good word. It's a good word. My son wanted to. He he, he wanted to write with me for a long time. It never felt quite right. He's a fine guitar player, mm -hmm. and he finally kind of insisted. <laughs> I want to write with you, and I thought, okay, now he's really ready. So the first track we did was uh, Don't Do Me Wrong. Oh, good one. And uh, he, he said to me, I want to remind you of who you are, mm -hmm. which is interesting. And he pushed my Susie Quattro button. So I think what he meant was uh, he had in his mind a vision since a young child watching him, you know, growing up, watching his mom do what she does. And he had a vision of what an album should be like with me. And that's what we focused on. Yeah. And he did push my Susie Quattro buttons. Not that they needed pushing. I can't explain <laughs> it. Any yeah, not, I can't explain it any more than that. He just did. He just did. I was flying with him. And now we're going to do another one. Oh, that's so good. It must be so satisfying as well. Uh, not only to be doing what you love, but to be doing it with your son as well. It was unexpected. It, yeah. was, it, was, the, it was the third demo in. Because we thought we were having fun. And I turned to Richard and I said... We're making an album. He said, I know. I said, oh, my God. Well, how did this happen? I don't know how this happened. It, what, what was fun turned into professional. And then all I said was to Richard and, and Mike, we all did it together. We both produced together. I said, okay, now that we know we're serious, I don't want anything pushed any which way. I don't want to try to write any particular kind of song. Yeah. 
I don't want to try to write any particular kind of lyric. I want every song on this album to exist because it exists. Yeah. And that's what the critics are raving about. It's an organic album in today's world. Thank God it can still be done. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, I thought, I thought those days were gone, unfortunately. <laughs> the yeah, the music. yeah, yeah. So what was it? Is it true as well that you begin a song, you come up with a title first every time and then you work from there? Not every time, but I'd say probably 80% of the time. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's a line, it's a particular line, and you say, ooh, I like that line, and that turns into a song. And every now and again, it's a bass riff or something on piano. Sometimes I'm just playing the piano and a melody comes, yeah. you know? But, but lots of times I do work from the title, which suggests which instrument I should write the song on, what the tempo should be, and what it's going to be about. So it suggests the entire mood to you, the title. Like No Soul, No Control. Sounds exactly like what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good album opener, too. A very good album opener. Oh, love it. And it's if, if you say what song is the most you that you've ever written, the lyrics on that are my mantra. Uh-huh, yeah. I got to hold on to me. <laughs> This is my mantra. But the one that you're going to play, hard on the line, this is my emotion. Yeah. And I, I find it hard to sing that on stage without a tear coming down, which is good, which is good. And the audience is, it comes at the end of the show, after all that rock and roll, and I end with this, and people are, you can hear a pin drop, and people cry. And that's just beautiful. But for an unknown song, and to end with a ballad is unheard of. It really is, yeah. It really is to, to, to finish, like you say, with a ballad like that. Because normally it's the you know it's the big bombastic song to finish off the show. But then you've gone the opposite way with it, and it's really working too. I have, and then I say good night. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first thing that you do when you go off stage? I get a glass of champagne. That's good. That's... It's, a, it's 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 non-negotiable. Um, I I never drink when I work ever. But I hate the feeling when I come off. I hate it. You crash down like the elevator's going down to the basement. And so if I have a glass of champagne as soon as I come off, it makes the ride a little bit easier back to reality. Yeah, yeah. And just briefly going back to working with, with Richard as well, were there, were there any mother-son moments where it went from, okay, so here's two mus- musicians putting an album together to anything was said or done where you had to put your mum head on? Um, no, there were some moments where we clashed, mm-hmm. but this is, this is professionally. Uh, one of the ones was, uh, and I can remember them. One of the ones was, uh, um, I can teach you to fly. And I had put a hippie trippy 60s psychedelic kind of bit in the middle of it, it on the course. Yeah. And, and took the drum out and made it like swirly, you know, like in the old 60 days. Yeah. And I thought it worked quite well. And all of a sudden, Richard called me and he said, Mom, I've been listening to the album. He said, if that stays like that, I'm walking away. I went, oh. <laughs> and what that, you know, because I'm strong myself. So he had to really overdo it, you know. Yeah. He said, honestly, Mom, it's wrong. It's just wrong. It's just wrong. And at first I got angry at the audacity of him saying that. And then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. He said it. I said, okay, I'll call you back. And I went into the front room and I played it as I had recorded it. I had a rough mix. I listened to it with completely objective ears. And I called him back and I said, okay, you're correct. Mm -hmm. 
So it's good. It's good that he had the balls to say it. Yeah, definitely. Then I grounded him and sent him to his room. Oh, we're getting close to the time, um, and I know you say you've had you've had such this busy year, and you've already said you know you've got this movie that's coming up again now. You're yeah. creating more music, yeah. um, and more written work, more books, and, and and so on. It's just you know it's just absolutely incredible what you're doing, Susie. And I just want to thank thank you on behalf of everybody listening to this, uh, not only for everything that you've given us so far, but everything that's upcoming too. Thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Susie. And just for the sake of the edit, I shall say goodbye. Okay, thank you very, very much. And the alarm bell, as always, brings to an end another interview show. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to it, as I quite obviously did recording it. Please follow everything that Susie does. The links will be in the notes for this podcast. A little bit of housekeeping, like we always do at the end of the shows. Our website, 60minuteswith.co.uk. There is a contact us form on there, or you can email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. We always welcome emails uh, about anything to do with the show, whether you liked it, whether you didn't like it, questions, anything. Just send us an email. Other ways that you can do it, we're on Twitter and on Instagram, both of those are at 60 Minutes With. Uh, everything is, of course, numerical 60, not alphabetical. We're on Reddit, 60 Minutes With Podcast, and there is always posts for each episode we do. So if you want to leave a comment on a particular episode, you can do it on Reddit too, if you're on there. So it's time to finish the show with the song that you heard Susie talk about earlier in the interview, Heart on the Line. It was the bonus track on the vinyl version of the No Control album. It has now been released as a single, uh, and I do encourage you to buy it and support what Susie does. So I hope you've enjoyed the show. Be back again soon with another one. And here we are, Susie Quattro and Heart on the Line. You don't know What you put me through It's been hell Trying to talk to you Lies are weak So it's truth I'll speak Under your spell
Jesus.